Welcome to the Resilient Life Hacks podcast with host Elizabeth Myers, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Facebook. Tune in weekly to learn how to have a winning life by building a strong spirit, soul, and body. The Resilient Life Hacks podcast is distributed using Anchor. If you haven't heard about it, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello, and welcome to Resilient Life Hacks. I'm your host, Elizabeth Myers, and today we're going to be talking all about resiliency. What is it? How do you get more of it? Why do you need it? Um, and we're going to be discussing these things. First of all, just in a nutshell, resiliency is basically uh, the ability to bounce back after trials, to, to be able to rebound. It's uh, when life is hard and you're able to, to absorb those blows, to get back up, dust yourself off, to try again, to keep going, um, even when life's hard, even in um, the midst of difficulties, in the midst of trials, and um, it's kind of that that perseverance, that holy endurance that keeps um, keeps us moving and keeps us going. Um, I, before I get into um, all of the reasons of how we can can grow and develop this, um, I want to talk first of all about why do we need resilience? And I think uh, this year it may be obvious if there's if there's one takeaway that we can all get from 2020 so far is that we don't have control over the things that happen to us. We can't say, um, no thanks, I'll, I'll pass on that difficulty. I, d I don't wanna deal with that situation. Um, I'll wait you know, for something else to come along. So we don't have the ability to turn down the trials that come our way, but what we do have control over is how we respond to those trials. And um, so that's what I write and talk about a lot is overcoming adversity. How do we get through these things? How do we respond to the difficulty and overcome that with God's help? And then how do we, once we move beyond that, then how can we, can we mine that, that pain or that trial that we went to, to find a greater purpose and a, and a, a deeper sense of understanding of our mission in life um, that sprouts from that. So um, I wanna give you just a quick little bit of my backstory for those of you who know me, or have read my book or my blog much, you, you've already heard this story, but just for the sake of those who haven't, um, I just wanna go ahead and share a bit of that with you. Um, it's my, my journey to what I'm doing today began back in, in 2007 um, when we lost our son in the second trimester. Um, if you don't know already, we have uh, eight kids and I just really felt um, earlier in, in life, the Lord was impressing me to just trust him with the family planning. And I'm not saying that's what everybody needs to do or you know, that's the godly thing or whatever, but I, for me personally, that's what he was calling me to do. And um, so when I lost my son in the second trimester, suddenly he was, he was stillborn unexpectedly while we were on vacation. And that was just a really difficult blow for me to handle because I felt like I had surrendered myself to God's will and then now I had to surrender again. 
And um, I was just very confused. I didn't understand. So I really struggled a lot with my faith of feeling uh, betrayed, feeling abandoned by God and um, feeling, excuse me, sorry, there's something going wrong with the tech here. Um, just really feeling like uh, I had been betrayed. I had a lot of deep questions about, you know, where was God in the midst of this, these age old questions of, of why, and where is, does a sovereign and holy and good God fit into um, our picture of human suffering? And I really just wrestled with all these and I didn't have a good place to take those questions to. So I really suffered spiritually. Then of course I was in grief. Um, I know, different people handle different things different ways and and none of us can stand in one spot and judge how another person responds to a thing for me personally um even though my son died before he was born i felt like i had lost a child just the same as if any of, of my other children had passed away and i know not everybody feels that way and i know men in particular may not be able to relate to that um but i, I can only speak my truth that i know that's the place that i was at and there's no real um, solid way to process that kind of grief in our culture. We don't really acknowledge it. Um, I think it's one out of four women or one out of four pregnancies um, end in, in some type of, of miscarriage or loss. And yet we're just expected to pick up and ignore it, and move on, and we don't discuss it. And even as women together, we don't uh, grieve together a lot. So I really got stuck in this place of grief. And then that turned into a full blown depression. Um, although I wasn't ready to admit that at the time and I didn't really know what to do about it. So that was where my heart was. So my, my spirit was reeling, my heart was damaged. Um, there were medical complications from all the, all the things. I lost a lot of blood also when I lost my son and that left me really anemic for a long time. And so I was struggling physically. I couldn't sleep at night and I couldn't stay awake during the day. Um, so my body was messed up. Mentally, I just, I was drowning in negative thoughts. It was just like a fog or like a cloud came over me. It just colored the way that I processed everything. So there was just kind of a root of bitterness um, in my heart towards people and towards God and towards myself and towards my situation. And um, that just discolored the way that I processed every other piece of information that came into my life. And that also coupled with all of that led to a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of fear for my remaining children and for our family of what's God gonna take from me next. Um, so I struggled with both the, the depression in my heart and the anxiety, the anxiousness um, in my head. And um, just my willpower was gone. I was demotivated, you know, didn't wanna do anything. And um, I, I went this way for a number of years just kind of going through the motions of life and not really thinking that there was anything better and really kind of hiding and pretending that everything was okay because I didn't know what else to do. And I didn't really um, I didn't really share with people what I was going through because I wasn't really sure how to process it myself. And I didn't really know how to tell people what I was dealing with. And I wasn't really convinced that anybody really wanted to hear. The few times I had kind of tried to broach the subject of, hey, you know, I lost my son and I'm grieving. And, people kind of backed away, you know, um, people don't really want to talk about dead children and um, especially can't process it when that baby died before he was born. So um, I was just really stuck for a long time. And often I think um, just our human psyche, the way that we're built is we tend to stay stuck until the pain of changing is less than the pain of staying the way we are. 
uh, because changing is hard and it's difficult and we don't really like it. Um, so that's the point where I got to of like, it's, it's more difficult for me to stay where I am than it is for me to make changes. And I didn't know, um, I, I kind of had this, which came first, the chicken or the egg, you know, am I exhausted all the time because I'm depressed or am I depressed because I'm something's physically wrong and I'm tired, I'm anemic, I'm demotivated and I don't have the energy to get up and do stuff. Um, or is all of this a result of some sort of spiritual problem that I have because I'm angry at God and, and so all these other difficulties are coming out from that. And I, I couldn't decide what the root issue was. And I finally gave up going around that round around that merry-go-round. And I said, you know what? I'm just gonna attack all four fronts at the same time. So I determined to get help spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Those were the four things that I picked out. And I started packing away at those areas. Um, I sought prayer, I re-engaged in my relationship with God and doing my quiet times in the morning. I started reading the Bible and just really, instead of being angry at God, really just seeking his face and his comfort. Um, I got help medically, I got on some medication that really helped me, bump me up to that place where I could do the things that I needed to do to take care of myself. Um, I went and saw counseling, I journaled, you know, working, processing through my grief and through heart issues. And um, I really started taking better care of my body, of trying to exercise, trying to eat better. Um, you know, after eight pregnancies, I had kind of just given up trying to get back in shape between babies because I was like, what's the point? You know, I'm just, we're just gonna start this whole train over again. Um, so, but I really, you know, decided to buckle down and do that. So there was not any kind of dramatic overnight change or overnight miracle, but slowly, one step at a time, one day at a time, all these little bitty new habits that I was making um, kind of formed together and really just enabled me to kind of pull out of that place. And all glory to God, you know, it's by the grace of God that we stand, right? Um, but I had to do my part too. It was, I, listen, I prayed, you know, God, just, just snap your fingers and, and take this away from me. Um, and sometimes he does that. He's capable and he can just take stuff from us in an instant. Uh, but that doesn't mean he's always going to. You know, sometimes he has us walk through those things because he knows that we need to grow through that process. And so I really um, feel like that's kind of what has happened with me. Um, I'm in a much, much better place now than I was then. And I still, it, it's still a struggle. I still do have times when I feel like depression or anxiety is kind of trying to pull at me and pull me back. But now I know how to respond to that. I know what I need to do. And yeah, there's some days when I don't feel like doing it and I just would rather have a pity party for myself. And, and I do that. I mean, I'm human just like everybody else. Um, but I know what I can do. I, I, I am empowered now to know what I can do to help myself come out of that. And some days, you know, I mean, I, I've told I'm just in a funk and I just, I can't fix it. You know, I'm sure everybody in 2020 has been in a funk at least once. Am I right? I mean, that's just, um, that's just where we are right now. And that's why I feel like this is a really important topic. Um, resiliency is a really kind of key word in the military right now. My husband is active duty. Um, I'm former active duty, and uh, we have a son who's also uh, active duty in the Marine Corps. So uh, that's a big word of just, you know, being able to kind of take a hit, but get back up and keep going. And if you think about, I, I think it may be a quote from maybe a boxer or somebody, but it's the winner is not the person who never falls down. The winner is the person who gets back up one more time than the other guy. And I really like that thought process. And um, I have a, a blog post on my, my blog. You can uh, go read it there if you want. I'm not gonna get into all the specifics today, but it's about 
who is my real enemy. And so when I think about, you know, being in the ring with an opponent, it's not like a, a physical person. The Bible says we don't re wrestle against flesh and blood, but against evil powers and principalities. So um, to me, it's, it's the devil I'm fighting. It's the one who wants to pull me away from my mission and pull me away from God. And so I'm like, you know what? He can, he can knock me down sometimes, but if I just keep getting back up one more time to rise again um, with the grace of God. And the, the Bible says, um, I'm, I'm not good at remembering the number part of the verses, sorry, but it says the righteous may fall, but they'll get back up seven times. And that's just encouraging to me that we all fall. We all slide into the pit, but um, with God's help, with his grace, by his grace, we stand and we can get back up out of that. So um, that's basically how I came to be living this message. And I really feel compel compelled to share that with other people, because I think a lot of people find themselves in these difficult places. Um, I've been there, which is, I don't know what else to do, you know, where you're in that place of like, hey, if I could have saved myself, I would have a long time ago, you know? Um, so I just really want to, to minister and to pour out to people to say, hey, here are some things um, that I've learned on my, you know, with my bumps and bruises, and uh, maybe these things will help you. And maybe you have ideas too to share with the rest of us. And maybe we could just start that conversation about um, how can we uh, pull together and be more resilient and grow stronger. And um, if you're a part of the Resilient uh, Life Tribe Facebook group, I asked the question in there about resilience. You just get some ideas for topics for um, these talks that we're going to be having, you know, and some people said, you know, just wishing, especially in America these days, just that we would pull together. And I agree wholeheartedly with that. And I hope that's part of what this community will become is a group of people who want to pull together um, to inspire and instill resilience in each other and to say, hey, we can get through this together because we, we're not meant to, to push through it alone. Um, I told you, you know, part of my story, I went for five years with untreated depression and just trying to muscle through it by myself and just paint on the smile. And um, that that was hard. And I, I was so good at faking it that I didn't even realize I was. Um, shortly after uh, my doctor put me on an antidepressant, I was playing with my toddler. She was in her high chair and I was feeding her and I was just kind of playing some silly game with her like you do with toddlers. And um, suddenly I had this realization of, I'm actually having fun. Like I, I feel playful, I am not faking it. And that's just when it hit me of everything that I had lost by not getting help sooner. That all that time I had been faking it because I knew that good moms should play with their kids and have, but I, I wasn't feeling it. And I had done that so long that I didn't even miss feeling it. I'm just like, this is part of what I do. But to have that feeling back again to go, wow, I can experience joy again was just a real earth shattering moment for me. Just, you know, sitting there with my 18 month old in her high chair. Um, so if you are a person who maybe you're maybe that's you, maybe you're in a darker place right now or maybe, you know, someone who is. I just really encourage everybody that I talk to to get the help you need and to keep keep trying and don't give up because sometimes it takes more than once to find the person or the professional that can help you. Um, I have uh, also on my website, I have blog posts about depression and about anxiety and some specific things there. Um, for those of you who don't know, my uh, website's just my name. It's elizabethmyers.me, M-E, the .com one was already taken by a realtor. So um, it's .me extension. 
but on there, there's um, a whole lot more than what I can share in you know 20 or 30 minutes uh, here online today. Um, but I wanted to just quickly hit through those five areas that I mentioned and just kind of give a broad overview. And then in the weeks to come, we're gonna dig down into the nitty gritty on some of those and um, you know talk about some of the specific concerns that people had. I know uh, in our discussion online, things came up like um, you know needing greater discipline to, to do these kinds of things that I'm gonna be bringing up. Um, just needing more grace from Jesus and don't we all, and thank God that there is an unlimited supply of that. Um, and having that, um, developing that ability to allow yourself to grieve what's lost, but also embrace the new thing that's taken that place and, and to do both at the same time and to, and to be stretched enough to, to acknowledge and, and be true to all those different emotions. They're all valid. And, uh, you know, this year has really just seen a lot of ups and downs and a lot of highs and lows and a lot of things going on at once. And a wave hits and you get knocked down and you're like, okay, and you just stand back up and then here's another wave. And um, that is really a challenge to resiliency because sometimes it's it's not just the one wave, it's more the endurance of, hey, these waves aren't stopping. They they keep coming. And um, so I just really feel like this is an important, important topic to talk about today. Um, I mentioned when I said, uh, you know, when, as I began my recovery that I had the four areas of spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Um, later on, as I kind of began to research and study all that a little more and well, how do people, uh, you know, think of these different parts of our personhood? Um, and I really just kind of narrowed it down to spirit, soul, and body. That's a common way that people discuss that. And then body, or I'm sorry, soul is further broken down to mind, will, and emotions. So your spirit is the, the eternal part of you that interacts with God. The soul is like who you are. It's your personality. It's what makes you you. Um, and that can be the way you think, the way you feel. Those are often tied together. And there's kind of a fuzzy line there. Of where does one stop and the other start? Um, and your willpower, your motivation, what, what is the thing that drives you forward? So that's all kind of who, who makes you you. And that part doesn't die either. That's the part we, we carry that on with us um, on into heaven, into eternity after our life. And then, of course, the body is just that's the physical part. The body is what keeps us tied here on planet Earth while we do whatever our life's mission is that God has us here for. And when our work is done on Earth and he calls us home, um, we no longer have need of the body. So the body is we get hung up on that as humans of what it looks like and how we dress it. And is it thin enough or fit enough or too tall or too short. We get we get bogged down in all these physical outward appearance type things that really don't matter squat in eternity. Um, but that we just look with our eyes. The Bible, when it's talking about um, King James, you know, it says people look at the at the outward appearance, but God looks at our heart. So he sees what's on the inside. So really, if we put it in a in a godly frame of reference, the whole point of our body is just to enable us to do service and to live here on this earth. The point of my body is so that I am here to serve my family and to, to love on my children and to do um, the things that God has called me to do, to write and to speak and to, to serve spouses in our military community and different things that I do. Um, when my body's not working, which I, I've had a lot of body not working issues lately in the last couple of years, we'll get into that maybe on a different episode, but, um, I, you know, it, it hampers my ability to serve people. It hampers my ability to do the things God's called me to do. 
um, if I'm feeling really rotten and laying on the couch and have no energy, I'm, I'm not gonna to get up and finish writing that book or get on and do that podcast or whatever. So um, I really see keeping our, our body strong is important because that is what allows us to do our life's mission, our life's work, the reason that we're here. It's not about how we look in a bikini because I'm never gonna wear one anyway, or you know what this looks like or how, the, how we look in comparison to this other person or whether we can keep up with a, some airbrushed model on a magazine. That's completely not the point. The point is, do I feel healthy and strong and fit enough to do the things that God's asking me to do for his glory and to serve other people? Uh, so that's where I feel like the body really ties into this whole thing. And I know, um, I feel like in Eastern cultures, they kind of understand that better. There's more of a, a synthesis of the whole body, soul, spirit, mind thing where they tie those together. I think in our Western Christian culture, we kind of neglect the body. We go, ah, that's not important. Um, and it really is. It really, really is. And they're all interconnected. Your, your physical health um, affects your mental health and your emotional health and the way you think affects your emotions. It affects what you do with your body. All these things affect your spirit and your relationship with God. And they're all interconnected and we can't just separate them out and say, well, you know, I'm going to focus on my spiritual relationship with God, but I'm going to ignore my body or vice versa. You know, it, they all need, um, attention. They all need help. And, um, so that's basically the the gist of the message that I'm wanting to share to get out there. Um, so I'm going to just go through uh, all the five of those things. Um, when I started doing the the research into it, you know, I, I added will to it. That wasn't initially on my list of four things of spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally. I added the will later because I realized that the will, the motivation is necessary to A, start all those things and do them. And but then B to persevere when it gets hard, when you want to quit, you need that willpower, you need to have a big why so that you can keep going. So I'm just going to kind of go through um, this little handout. Um, this is on my website. Let me I'm going to try to share my screen. Let me see if this works. Um, okay, this is uh, my website, elizabethmyers.me. And you can see this is how it comes up at the top. If you just scroll down to the first row of things there, um, this blog post here, five resilient life hacks, um, you can click on that one. And it has this diagram on there, but there's also a way that you can download this exact worksheet that I'm going over now. This is taking a long time to load, but I think there's a, um, a form at the bottom where you can sign up and, and you can get an email and I'll send this thing to you. Um, let's see. Oh, that's a different one. Ah, right there. So the five roads to resilience. Grab this simple two-page quick start guide so you can get started building your resiliency today. And it has the little diagram there that I use where the, the body is the outside circle. And then within that is the, the soul, which is the mind, will, and emotions. And then inside of that, the core of who we are is the spirit and the part that connects with, with God. And so if you just pop your email um, address in there, I will send that to you. So I'm gonna just briefly go over some of that. So here is, I'll try to do a close up of the little diagram um, of the body, soul, and spirit right there. Um, so I, I'm a visual person. 
So I like to make visuals. That's how I remember things. Um, so first of all, with the spirit, the word that I like to keep in mind with my spirit is connected. Um, you may recall in John, in, in the Bible, it talks about Jesus says, if you remain in me and I remain in you, um, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And the, the example he gives there, of course, is a farming thing of, you know, the vine is attached to the branch. So I just think of, think of like an apple tree. If the, if the branch falls off and is laying on the ground, is that branch going to grow an apple? No. Why? Because it's disconnected from the source, right? The, the branch needs to be on the tree if it's going to grow an apple. So our spirit, that's the bottom line. We need to be connected to Jesus, to the source, if we want to see any lasting fruit in our lives, any fruit that really matters at the end of the day. Um, I think a lot of people get tripped up just in our humanness. We get tripped up in, um, in self-righteousness. We try to make it a workspace thing. We try to say, oh, if, if I do this, if I read my Bible, if I pray this, if I serve here, if I give that, that's not what it's about at all. We need to be connected to Jesus. That, that's the bottom line. It's not about what we do that's good or what we don't do that's bad. Um, none of us are perfect. That's why there's grace, right? And self-righteousness is every bit as wicked in God's sight as unrighteousness. It's not about us checking the box, okay? It's just about staying connected with Jesus. And the reason though that we do these things like we give and we pray and we read our Bible and we worship and we serve, all of those things are an act of thanks that flows out because we're so thankful for the grace that he's given and for the way that he saved us. We don't, if the order is important, we don't do all those things to try to earn anything from God. Those things flow out of us as just tremendous thanks for what he's done for us. So it's all about just connecting, staying connected to the branch, the vine, the tree, however you want to do that. So that's why that is super important. Um, so obviously, how, how do you grow resiliency in that area? Easy. You spend time with God. We overcomplicate that. But it's just um, praying, which is speaking and listening and reading the Bible. And reading the Bible is the primary way I listen because... If I just listen in my head, then all kinds of crazy things creep in there that are my thoughts and not God's thoughts. Okay, second one we're going to talk about is the will, right? Because um, first of all, spirit trumps everything. We, we got to get that one squared away first. Um, but the will, we got to know our why. Why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we starting this new exercise routine? Why are we um, wanting to write a book? Why am I serving my family? Why am I homeschooling my kids? Why am I sending my kids to school? Why am I working at this job? All these things we need to know are, why are we doing what we're doing? Um, I love, um, it's Galatians 6, 9. It says, let's not get tired of doing what is right because we'll reap a harvest at the proper time if we don't give up. So there's a lot of times when we're, we've started something that's good, but we get tired and we go, eh, it's not working and we want to give up. I'm personally there myself right now. I've been experimenting with a plant-based diet. I have a lot of uh, joint pain and I, I don't know, some kind of autoimmune something's going on and I'm trying to work through that issue. And um, so, you know, I've been doing this three weeks and I'm like, it's not helping. Why am I eating plants? You know, so I, I'm getting tired of doing what is good <laughs> on that one. Um, but also in Hebrews, it says, you know, let's throw off the things that hinder us and let's run with perseverance the race that's marked out before us. Let's get out there and do that thing that God has created us to do. And, and that's what I'm trying to do right now. 
by by sharing my lessons with people. That's my getting out there and, and doing that, throwing off my fear and my insecurities and my, oh, I don't know what I'm doing or who, who am I to share anything with anybody? I'm throwing all that aside to get out there and run the race that I feel like God's put before me and said, hey, you know, go share this stuff with other people because it could help them too. So what's your thing? What, what is the race that God set before you? And, um, you know, that changes as we go through our life. We're in different seasons. Obviously, when I was in the season of having a baby every other year, I was not in the season of, hey, let's write a book and let's share lessons online. You know, I was in the season of I'm surviving each day. And each day when my husband comes home, the kids are still alive. You know, I was in that season. So um, there's different seasons in life and different different races that God sets before us. Okay, third thing is the mind. Um, Romans 12, 2 is excellent. It talks about renewing your mind. Don't let the world um, conform, don't conform to the world, but let God's word transform you from the inside out and renew your mind. And so that's where Bible reading really comes in to importance because that's our source of truth. And that's how we can get rid of the lies. A lot of the negative thinking that I struggled with at the end of the day was really just lies that I had believed. You know, I, ha I had believed that certain things were my fault that were not. And I beat myself up about that. I believed that certain people were out to get me. I, I had a negative experience with some people at the hospital. And I had some bitterness towards some of the medical people that were involved in that. They're total strangers. Like I said, I was on vacation. It wasn't anybody that I had worked with. But they were an easy target for me to pour my bitterness at. Um, so, you know, that was all based on negative thinking. I had all these negative thoughts about God's abandoned me. You know, if he loved me, this wouldn't have happened. Those are all based on negative thoughts. So really getting down into the word of God and going, okay, what is true? God is for you. He's not against you. And he loves you. And there's grace for you. And there's strength and power for you that he, he is just waiting in the wings, just ready to, to jump in and help and to bless you. Um, but when I was stuck in that bad time in my life, I wasn't turning to him to ask for those blessings because I was mad at him. And I thought that he was mad at me. But it's, it's the truth that sets us free. And we find that truth in the word of God. So that when we, when we can get that truth soaked in us, um, that really brings a lot of peace. Um, and I have a couple of articles too on my blog about, about peace. Um, I'm getting ready to write a, or to, to do a, a women's self-care conference that's going to be like launching in November. But uh, at that, I'm speaking on the topic of the mind and on negative thinking and how to, to overcome that. Just super quick, just scratch the surface is three, three steps. You recognize the negative thought, you reject it and say, I don't have to believe that. That's not true. I don't want that thought is not serving me well. I'm going to get rid of it. And thirdly, replace it with what is true. So it's recognize, reject, replace. That, if I just had one little thing to take away, that has radically shifted the way I look at all of my life. And uh, that has really helped me with a lot of the depression and anxiety that I struggled with before. Um, then um, the, so we talked about spirit, will, and mind. Um, the next one is heart or emotions. Uh, we kind of use those interchangeably. You know, we talk about the heart is your emotions. And uh, it's kind of funny, actually, and I think in a lot of the original wording in scripture and, and in lots of ancient writings, is they didn't say heart. They didn't have that concept of our emotions come from the heart. They said the bowels. And if you think about, you know, we say things like go with your gut. And, you know, we talk about gut feelings and, and really they call the gut your second brain. I'm going to have a whole lesson on this later. It's fascinating to me. There's more 
excuse me, more neurons in your gut than there is in either your spinal column or in your peripheral nervous system. Only the brain has more, more uh, neurons than your gut. And that, so that's why it's earned the nickname, the second brain, which I think is fascinating. So um, you can, and you can think about how, when you're feeling afraid or nervous, or, you know, we talk about butterflies in our stomach, you may feel sick to your stomach. If you're really disgusted by some evil thing that you heard that somebody did, you know, sometimes I just get sick, like I want to throw up physically. So these things are all tied together, but um, Proverbs 4, 21 says, guard your heart above all else. It determines um, your life. And also elsewhere, it says the heart is kind of the well spring of our life. It's where everything flows from. Things flow out of that. So whatever's in our heart is what's going to come out when we're in that time of adversity, when we're in that crisis, when we're in that crunch point. Whatever's in us is going to come out. You, I'm, you may have heard of the um, analogy of the cup of water. You know, if I, if I bump my cup of water, what's going to spill out of it? Whatever was in it, right? So if there was Let's say there was lemonade in there. What's going to spill out lemonade? It's going to be something sweet. If I have salt water or something bitter in there, then when you bump it, it's going to spill out something bitter. So when you when life bumps you and something spills out and you don't necessarily like what just spilled, then you know that's when we need to look into our heart and say, well, what was in there in the first place? And we need to go to that issue. rather than trying to suppress and say, don't bump it out, don't don't let it spill. We need to fix what's on the inside so that when it does spill it glorifies God and serves other people. Um, and for me personally, I know this is kind of cliche now, but it really, really is important. It's just the idea of gratitude. It's so simple, but it's so powerful to just, instead of focusing on what I don't have or focusing on what I want, to just give God thanks for what he's already given me. Just that I'm awake today, that the breath in my, like every breath is a gift from God. Um, learned that big time when our youngest son was born, he was born not breathing. And I, we just remark all the time, you know, the breath of life is a gift from God and none of us are guaranteed the next one. Um, just being grateful for, you know, a flower that I see blooming somewhere or a snuggle with my kids or the cat that um, purrs when I pet him or just even just simple things can make such a big impact on our feelings and on how we approach things when we approach life from not I'm entitled to everything and things aren't going my way but when we say everything is grace it's all grace I don't deserve any of it and God just continually gives it to me and there's you know there's the verse about seek and you will find but I mean it's true whatever you look for is what you're going to find if you look for all the ways that the world is doing you wrong or all the ways that you think God is messing with you then you're going to find that I know that because I did that flip side though is also true if you make an effort to look for all the ways that God is blessing you in your life, you will find more than you ever thought possible. And, and we can't even ever reach the end of that. There's so many things that we don't even know. We, there's things God has rescued us from and we don't even know he has or blessings he's given us that we don't even recognize. And uh, sometimes when I'm kind of in a funk, I try to do a challenge to see what, what kind of crazy, bizarre things can I think of to, to thank God for. And I mean, you know, I, and sometimes I write them down, but I come up with things like, like paper clips, you know, I'm, I'm a pen and paper girl. I have papers all over my office in here. I would be lost without paper clips because I wouldn't know which ones went together. So, I mean, just simple things like that. Like nothing is too big or too small to thank God for. He's, he's infinite. You know, all the, all the big things in the universe we can thank him for, but he's also very personal and very intimate and um, any little thing we can thank him for. Um, so that's, 
the emotions. And then finally is the body. And that's really just our energy. And I really kind of already hit on, on all of that. So um, the Bible talks about um, our body is the temple where the Holy Spirit lives and we need to honor God with how we use it. Um, but I kind of hit on more of that earlier. So when we strengthen these areas, there are certain gifts that flow out of that. So when we have a spirit that is connected to Jesus, then love builds up and overflows in our hearts. When our will is strengthened, we gain a holy determination to do what we were put on this planet to do. When, I lost my other page, stand by. Aha. When we bathe our mind in peace and absorb that like a sponge, we get the gift of peace. It settles us, it calms us down. The peace, I'm sorry, the truth, sets us free. And in that freedom, there's peace. We're free from that fear and worry. Um, in our emotions, when we guard our heart, when we are grateful for what we have, when we look for the blessings, God rewards us with joy. That is the gift that comes from building strength in our emotions. And then finally, the body, as we focus on, not on our appearance, not what we look like, but we just focus on how can I get healthy so that I can do what God wants me to do? We gain energy. And that's one that I personally am working on right now. I've been, uh, I was doing well in that area and now I'm struggling in that area. You know, there's all kinds of ups and downs. But those are the things that I want to have in my life. Those are the kinds of things that I want you to have in your life. Um, the, the love, peace, joy, hope, the energy, the determination, the resilience, all of that. And I think all of us could use more of that, especially this year as we face these things. And, and I, I don't think the buffeting of this year is over quite yet. We're still in the midst of it. And then also just that encouragement um, to, to band together. We're, we're not um, islands. We're, we're meant to be together. We're meant to live in community. I've always found it fascinating that the Lord's prayer is written in we. It's written in, um, it's not I. It's not give me my daily bread. It's give us our daily bread. And um, I, I want us to cultivate that kind of community where we can come with our brokenness, with our questions, with our doubts, with our discouragement, and we can lift one another up and say, you know what, it's okay. Because we all have been there or we get there or we're gonna be there tomorrow or I was there yesterday or I'm still there now. And we can comfort one another and we can build one another up in love. And so that's what I'm hoping um, for this community. We're gonna, we're gonna continue to do these um, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And you can catch that here in the Resilient Life Hacks Facebook group. It's also gonna be posted in YouTube. And eventually I will get a podcast up and running once I have enough of these collected. So um, please continue to, to post your questions or your comments in the group. And um, I can address those issues that, that we want to work on together. So thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you are able to continue to stand strong in the grace of Christ and to live a resilient life. I'll see you next week. You have been listening to Resilient Life Hacks with host Elizabeth Myers. If you like the show and want to know more, check out elizabethmyers.me forward slash RLH podcast. If you're interested in being a guest on a future episode, just fill out the form on that webpage so we can connect. Your honest review on iTunes is a tremendous help to sharing this message of hope with more hurting souls.
Don't forget to join us next week when we talk about more hacks for a resilient life. Until next time, stand strong, hold on to hope, and love others like Jesus does. Thank you.